Kia ora, I'm Troy, here as CEO and welcome to Stirring the Pot. Thanks for connecting. If you're new, here's what you can expect. We're going to be talking the tough stuff, the things that keep us metalheads up at night. There are many challenges facing our industry and equally many opinions on how we should tackle them. Stirring the Pot provides a facilitated forum to discuss and challenge these viewpoints. So let's get to the nuts and bolts of it. Kiara, I am Kawa and Lisha, Hera's Manager Structural Systems. Today, we are talking with Won Hee Kang, who is a senior lecturer in structural reliability at Western Sydney University. He has been part of team collaborating with Hera to drive research into evaluation of capacity factors for API 5L products in non-composite and composite column applications. We will delve into these spirally welded circular hollow sections, which have widespread availability in various dimensions, including the forward analyzers carried out to calibrate the, the capacity factor for steel and the inverse reliability analyzers to estimate the required number of material tests to meet the target reliability level for given capacity factors. You have recently conducted a research project with Hira, which it was financially supported by Hira Foundation. Would you please give us a brief about this project? Okay, yeah, so uh, recently uh, we did the project uh, and that was about the uh, calibration of the capacity factor. And we considered uh, the steel columns and the steel composite, uh, steel concrete composite columns with uh, API 5L tubes. And here the, the capacity factor means uh, like a, uh, in uh, structural uh, design code, we always use uh, structural design equations and they always have like a fire factor or safety factors like a resistance or capacity factors or load factor. And in this uh, project, we focused on the capacity uh, factor and we calculated the capacity factor for uh, the steel columns and the steel concrete composite column columns with uh, five L tubes. So, and also we've, just focused on uh, tubes, they are spirally welded. And in this research, we uh, considered three member types. The first member uh, type was uh, just a pure uh, uh, hollow steel uh, column under actual compression. And the second member type uh, was uh, concrete filled steel tubes, CFSTs, under actual compression. And the last member type was uh, CFSTs, uh, concrete filled steel tubes, under combined actual compression and uh, the bending when there is a load eccentricity. And the calibration of that uh, capacity vector was conducted in two ways. Uh, first one was the forward analysis, forward reliability analysis, and the other one was the inverse reliability analysis. The first one, the forward reliability analysis was uh, just a calculation of the capacity vector for uh, the three member types I mentioned. 
uh, to meet uh, the target reliability level. And uh, the other one, the inverse reliability analysis was when uh, the capacity factor was given in the standard, for example, for steel, uh, the capacity factor of 0.9 is given, uh, or concrete, for example, for column, uh, 0.65 is given. In that case, to meet the target reliability level, we back calculated the required number of material tests, like a steel coupon test. Usually in the reliability analysis and uh, capacity factor calibration, we assume that we have infinite number of material tests, but in the practice, actually it's not possible. And sometimes we have to rely on only a small number of uh, material tests. And we back calculate is uh, what's the number uh, of the material test required to meet the target reliability level. Yeah. Uh, what is um, API 5L columns and in what type of structures they are used? Yeah. Okay, so this uh, API 5L uh, pipes are actually according to the American uh, manufacturing uh, standard, that is American uh, product, and they are actually mainly used for non-structural purpose like uh, uh, the oil, gas, or water pipes. But uh, in this project, we want to see if we can use those pipes uh, for structural purpose. So actually this uh, API 5L pipes can have a various grades. And in this study, we considered uh, the grade like between uh, 300 and uh, 550 megapascal. And we focused on uh, PSL2 type uh, pipes. And there are two types so pipes, uh, they are seamless and welded pipes. But in this study, we only focused on the seamed uh, pipes uh, because uh, we considered uh, consider that uh, the seamless pipe has a cost premium. And actually, uh, uh, recently, uh, I worked on, uh, uh, as an uh, Australian standard uh, committee member in a committee VD32 uh, for composite structures, and we worked on ASNZ test 2327 standard. And actually, uh, when we uh, developed and revised that uh, the standard, actually, uh, there was a discussion on uh, the use of the steel columns of sections uh, complying the requirement of AS uh, 1579 and also ISO 3183, but Many producers do not use these two standards and rather use that API 5L uh, standard. So that's why in this uh, study, we uh, considered uh, this API 5L pipes and uh, found uh, calculated uh, capacity factors. Yeah. Um, our API 5L columns are suitable to be used in moderate to high seismicity regions? Yes, of course. Uh, actually, it's not uh, only for this API 5L columns, but uh, for uh, like a, uh, the steel uh, columns, as uh, is well known, uh, the steel has a much higher ductility uh, than concrete. So for example, if we use this uh, API 5L, uh, the columns as just a hollow section, or if we use uh, this as a 
uh, composite columns like uh, concrete field steel tubes, then it will give uh, much better seismic performance than uh, the conventional uh, the reinforced concrete members. And definitely it will add more ductility and energy absorbing capacity. So it will give uh, better performance uh, for the seismic event. And that, uh, as you know, the seismic performance is a very important issue, especially in New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, what are the main advantages of using API 5.0 steel and composite columns in buildings and other structures? Uh, okay, so uh, there are many uh, advantages, but first uh, what I want to say is we can make uh, much larger diameters uh, by using this API 5.0 steel uh, than just the structural hollow sections produced based on like Australian and New Zealand standard ASNZ test 1163 or uh, the EN 10219. And one more additional advantage is in this study, we focused on uh, the spirally welded steel tubes. And the main advantage of using this spirally welded steel tube is that we can produce very long pipes compared to the conventional straight seam pipes. Because it is continuously curved, the length of spiral tube is not limited. Also, one more thing I want to talk is uh, uh, the variation in the diameter is narrower than the straight seam pipes, which means uh, the variation and the uncertainty is smaller. It means we can improve the reliability in quality control. Great. Uh, why accurately estimation of the capacity factor of steel and composite columns is important? Okay, so capacity factor is uh, like a key parameter to optimize the cost and the safety balance. So as you all know, like uh, for example, for um, composite uh, the columns, uh, as an example, we multiply 0.9 to the steel and uh, 0.65, for example, to the concrete. And these numbers means we give extra safety compared to the value of just uh, one. Okay, so uh, in all kinds of uh, structural design, we always use mathematical equations. Uh, and uh, these are used as prediction models, but the thing is, uh, those models cannot be perfect. They always have error because uh, usually uh, those uh, uh, mathematical models are made uh, by using some existing experimental database. And we do statistical regression or fitting to make a, a best fit model to the experimental data or experimental observations. But the thing is, this uh, statistical fitting cannot be perfect because there should be a fitting error. And also there should be some parameters they are not included in that model. So that's why this model should have some error and this is called the modeling error. We have to consider this kind of error as uncertainty and we have to give extra safety. Uh, that is uh, the safety factor or capacity factor. And one more thing is like even each parameter 
has some natural variations. They are also uncertainties. So we have to carefully consider all of these uncertainties and we have to measure uh, the amount of this uncertainty and we have to give the extra safety according to those values. For example, if we do not precisely estimate these uh, safety factors, then we may uh, have a very unsafe design in one side, or on the other side, we may have uneconomical design. Yeah. What approach, um, like experimental, numerical, or analytical, were used to achieve the results of this research project? Okay, so uh, in the structural engineering, uh, like experiment, we do the experiment, and next we uh, make a finite element models. Uh, those are kind of routine uh, for the investigation and analysis of uh, structural members to fully consider uh, uh, the structural members. But uh, if we want to go to the structural design, also we need to consider the uncertainties and reliability and we have to uh, provide proper uh, safety factors, as I said, to meet uh, the cost and the safety balance. Okay, let me just very briefly uh, talk about the definition of the reliability. Sure. So, yeah, the reliability means, uh, the reliability is a probability that uh, the structural member or system is in a safe state. So if we just uh, think about like a, we have a one, uh, structure and that is subjected to a load. Okay, and if we perfectly know the value of the capacity or resistance of that structure, and also we perfectly know the value of the load, okay, then we will definitely say this structure will fail or this structure will be safe. But the problem is there is no way to exactly know those values. Always there are uncertainties and uh, the capacity or resistance of the structure or the magnitude of the load is not perfectly known. That's why we cannot say this building or structure is safe or unsafe, but we have to say that the probability of this building uh, that is safe is this value or the probability uh, that this, uh, this building or structure is uh, under failure so we can define the reliability as the probability that the member of a, or a system is in a safe state. And also we can define a failure probability. Uh, that is the probability that the member or a system is in a failure state. And in the structural design, we set a target reliability level based on, uh, on this reliability or failure probability. So for example, in the structural uh, design, we set target uh, failure probability value that is like 10 to the minus fourth, uh, that is uh, a little bit higher than uh, the probability that we have a car accident. And to meet that target reliability level, we uh, calculate this capacity factor and also in the load side, the load factor. And in this uh, project, we use the method in uh, the Eurocode uh, 1990 on XD or uh, in the uh, Australian uh, the standard uh, to uh, make a consistency in the reliability level uh, along uh, the all international standard. Great. 
uh, how uncertainties of the results were estimated and what methods were used to mitigate errors in the results of reliability-based analysis? Okay, so as I just briefly mentioned, uh, uh, we used uh, the method in the Eurocode 1990 NXD method. And uh, one of the really big advantage of uh, using this method is we can fully utilize existing experimental database. And we compare the values in the experimental database and uh, the calculation from our design equations, mathematical equations. And the difference becomes uh, the modeling error of our mathematical models. So we get this kind of statistics and we rigorously measure this modeling error. And then that is included in the reliability analysis and we precisely calculate the capacity factor. Uh, this uh, method is based on the first order reliability analysis method. And the reason why we use this method is uh, the one very conventional method we use is a Monte Carlo simulation to deal with uh, all the, uh, the random parameters and the uncertainties. And that is a very straightforward method that just generate random numbers for resistance and the load and we can calculate the reliability. But usually it provides really high, uh, it demands very high computational uh, cost, uh, especially for uh, the target probability, failure probability with a very small number. And uh, uh, that is the case uh, for the most of the structural design. That's why we used uh, this method to also uh, save the computational time. And also, as I briefly mentioned, actually this uh, method is consistent with uh, like a, the other international uh, standards like New Zealand, Australian, and Eurocode, and also the uh, capacity uh, factor calibration practice in those standards. So we could achieve the consistency along the international standard and practice. Uh, what are the main results of this research project? Okay, so at the beginning of uh, our talk, I mentioned uh, the three types of the members we considered in this project. So we first calculated uh, the capacity factor for steel for those three members. The first uh, member type was uh, just uh, uh, the steel hollow section columns uh, uh, with uh, spirally welded uh, steel tubes. And the, from the literature, we collected 11 data and calculated the modeling error. And we uh, found that the um, reliability by using the capacity factor of 0.9 that is given in the current standard um, uh, can uh, just meet the target reliability level uh, with the reliability index of uh, 3.04 for the resistance side. And this finding was uh, uh, the important because uh, in our previous uh, project uh, also with the Hiram, uh, we did uh, similar work uh, for the rectangular hollow sections. And at the time, uh, if we use the current design standards, uh, the reliability level was slightly lower than uh, the target reliability level. And the reason was because 
the main reason was the steel tube on the pure compression uh, is uh, hugely affected by the variation of the thickness. And the thickness is hugely affected uh, the reliability level and it lowers down the reliability level. And that caused a little bit unsafe design. But uh, when we checked this, uh, the, uh, the design with uh, the spirally welded steel tubes and uh, by uh, following uh, the manufacturing uh, tolerances uh, for API 5L tubes, uh, we found that uh, the reliability level uh, quite well met uh, the target reliability level. And also we did a similar uh, calculation for the other two uh, member types. The first one was the concrete field steel tube under pure compression. And the other one is again concrete field steel tubes, but under pure compression and bending. So the first type on uh, the CFSTs under pure compression, we collected 33 data from the literature. And the other one on uh, the CFSTs under compression and bending, we collected 16 data uh, from the literature. And we found that uh, they exceed the reliability uh, from those design exceeded the target reliability level. So uh, it means like uh, we in the design, we have like extra safety. And also uh, the one more thing we did was uh, inverse analysis. So we calculated, they calculated the required uh, a number of uh, material tests uh, for like a steel coupon test. And we provided uh, the number that is required to meet this target reliability level for uh, these three member types. Cool. Uh, what are the main advantages of the results of this project for New Zealand steel and construction industry? Okay, so uh, through uh, this project, actually we could confirm that on the structural design when we use API 5L pipe uh, for a structural purpose uh, was uh, just as safe. So this work was not uh, done before and it was very important to ensure this, uh, the use of API 5L pipe in a structural uh, design. Also, uh, it is very important to know that uh, actually the, so far there was no full confirmation on the use of spirally welded steel tubes. Uh, and but uh, these are very, very important information to the practical industry and also it broadens the choice of structural members and in this project we confirmed that uh, this also the use of this parallel welded steel tube uh, can uh, give uh, the target reliability level or even uh, the, the more uh, safety in the design for uh, pure uh, hollow sections or uh, concrete filled steel tubes. Also, uh, the extra information from the inverse reliability analysis, the required number of steel material tests uh, for these three member types uh, can give uh, uh, the practical information to the industry. Yeah. Uh, what would be your suggestion for uh, further or future research work? 
Okay, so uh, we can think about uh, the many things. Uh, the first thing we can think is uh, this framework to calculate the capacity factors and also the inverse analysis to calculate uh, the required uh, the material test number. This framework can be applied to any different member types. Uh, for example, if you are interested in some new members or new materials, but if there's no clear structural design guidelines or if there's any difficulty in the interpretation of the standard in the practical design, then we can apply this framework to uh, that kind of uh, the practice. So, for example, if we have some existing experimental database uh, from the literature, or if we just uh, uh, have the real uh, the database, then we can use it and apply that into this framework and we can do uh, this capacity factor calibration to check uh, the safety and the cost balance uh, in the design. Or even we can do uh, like a new experiment and then we can uh, do the capacity factor calibration. So for example, in my university, Western Sydney University, we have a top class structural lab in Australia and we have a really good uh, test facilities. Like for example, we have a 10,000 kilonewton actuator for a structural failure test. So we can even generate new uh, experimental database and we can use this uh, framework. And if we maybe go further, then like a, conventionally we used a mathematical models or equations for the structural design, but uh, in recent uh, international structural design standard, uh, in some sections, we are allowed to use finite element models to do the structural design by directly using that uh, finite element models. In that case, we have to know the capacity factor uh, for that model, and we can use uh, this method uh, uh, for that purpose. And if we use, uh, for example, this finite element model for structural design, then uh, we can have some advantages like uh, uh, that finite element model can have better accuracy than the ex existing mathematical models. And also existing equations applied to a structural member mainly, but uh, the finite element model can be used uh, for a structural system or subsystems. So we can uh, broaden the applicability. And even if we think a bit further, then like we can use uh, some machine learning or artificial intelligence based models uh, for uh, the structural analysis and design. And then also we can calculate uh, the capacity factors for those models. Uh, thank you, Won Hee Kang from uh, Western Sydney University. Kia ora, it's Kawa again. I just wanted to reiterate that the research we discussed today has been conducted to reliability calibrate the capacity factor for steel and steel concrete composite columns with spirally welded circular hollow sections. It considers three member types, which are steel column under axial compression, concrete filled steel tubes under axial compression, and concrete filled steel tubes 
under combined axial compression and uniaxial bending due to load eccentricity. If you would like to know more about this research project and how it relates to the estimated capacity factors of steel contribution in the design models given in um, NZS3404, AS4100, ASNZ5100.6 and ASNZS2327, then please get in touch with my, myself. My details are in the show notes.